So you're a fan of Atlanta United. And you heard ATL on Fire has crazy insights to your favorite team. Or maybe you're just here for the crazy. Amar said it? You've got to be kidding me. Nah, I'm here to produce, keep the sanity, and of course, drink wine. Or maybe to hit the buttons. And crank up the crazy. Whatever you're here for, we're going to talk about it all. I'm Dave Cass. I'm Mikey Dobbs. And I'm Carmen Butler. And this is... The ATL on Fire Podcast Show. Bula. Bula. Welcome back, everybody. It is another episode of ATL on Fire, the podcast where we talk all things Atlanta United Football Club, all things soccer. Yeah. And I am joined by Dave, and we've got Carmen back as well. How's everybody doing? Great. You, Very good. You still have the glow of uh, tropical <laughs> vacation. I can uh, see it. You know. I do. I have to admit it. I'm still on the beach, especially <laughs> mentally. So I will apologize in yes. advance to all listeners. Everybody, it's nothing on that YouTube. can't be overcome by pushing some buttons. About, this is true. This is. You, did you want a button? I feel like you're almost calling for a button. Here we go. Right off the bat. Dancing. See, this is the type of mood I'm in, people. But yes, I'm glad to be back, guys. Nice. Glad to have you back, Dave. How are you doing? Good. Oh, yeah. Well, you brought us a very nice wine, a different uh, type of grape, you were saying. Uh, a yes. Ch- Chilean, uh, from a Chilean region. What yeah, type of- so this is a Chilean. It's Montes. It's the winery. It's a very nice winery in the Colchuga Valley, Valley, which is sort of the Napa Valley of Chile. And um, this is their Montes Alpha, which is a slightly higher line. But the thing about it is... This is a Carmenere. Have you all had a Carmenere before? I don't think I've ever heard that's of a Carmenere. Like the native grape of Chile. Like that's the thing. That's their big thing. Mm. Even more than Cabernet. So you have to let me know what you think of a Carmenere. I'm very impressed. Yeah, very good. Do I, I haven't sense tried it yet. notes of like a peppery something or am I making that up in my head? I don't know. That's a different call by you. So, you know, maybe you should trust your instincts. <laughs> But I just feel like it's kind of creamy and smooth, really. I taste it, Carmen. I'm with you. Yeah. I got the little peppery. I it's like it on the back end. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I feel it. Yeah. I, could, I could go with that. <laughs> um, but yeah. it is also complex. Yeah, nice. thank you for bringing this. This is a good change up. You're welcome. You know, I always have down under alternate regions when the team's not going well to bring us back up and then sometimes when we're doing well we got a run then we go with you know a nice napa or something you know good all american but yeah. right now we're down in chile because <laughs> <laughs> that's where the team is mikey dobbs and i by the way i should say you know we on the podcast are the first to uh admit our faults and one thing that was pointed out to us on the twitter x machine uh, we were talking about where we would finish and whether or not we would get fourth to get a home field match. And of course, MLS changed their playoffs again, which we had talked about earlier in this year, and I completely forgot about it. I yeah. don't know about you, Mikey Dobbs, but I completely forgot about it. The first round is a three-game series because we talked about how can you have uh, – no, it's a it's a home-and-home home series, right? Yeah. How can you have a home-and-home home series because there's no winner, but each one ends up with somebody has to win every match. Oh. So uh, anyway, um, so that we if we get in the playoffs, if we're not the eight nine game, eight nine game, you have to be the eight to be home. But if you're not that game, then you will get a home game no matter what. Okay. So there will be looking like a home game at the Benz in the playoffs. So okay, um, you know 
we're the first to admit that we don't have a clue. And to be <laughs> to be fair, you know, they changed the playoff structure again, like the third time in five years or something like this. And they changed it literally the week the season started. Hmm. So, okay. I mean, come on. Well, for, for all the That's playoff kinda... changes, Dave, I feel like we should just have a moment of silence in respect of Wild Heaven beer. <laughs> Because we forgot to thank our sponsor, Wild Heaven. Are you going to show the beer? There it is. This is we're in silent mode right now. Uh, oh, look at that go! Yeah. All right, we can go back. <laughs> oh, where is it? Oh no! Uh, How do I get it off? I clicked the transition thing in the center. This oh. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I hope you guys enjoyed that moment of silence <laughs> and respect for beer and Wild Heaven beer. So for those of you listening on the podcast, what happened? We still can't figure out why we can't get the sound while the beer is pouring on our super sponsor logo. So if you watch on the YouTube channel, you'll see a beer pouring slowly, which is awesome. Wild Heaven, great beer, and you should go drink one right now. But if not, it's a moment of silence or zen yeah. in the middle should, of the podcast. Think about when you should schedule that next visit. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that should get. That's the time. If you're listening to the podcast now and you're not in real time, that was your time to get up and go get a Wild Heaven beer. Absolutely. So, Dave, another thing to mention is we tried to get all crafty as old people and do like a Instagram uh, TikTok video. <laughs> yes. And I'm noticing you've got the logo, the upside down logo on your shirt today. That I, I feel like there's some messaging here on where your head's at. With there uh, is, the but team. the. It's up to the audience to figure it out, you know? It's like I was saying, you know, the Beatles, Abbey Road, when John Lennon was, I think it was John Lennon wasn't wearing shoes. What would it mean? Was he dead or what happened? But you have to figure out what it means that the logo is absolutely upside yeah. down. It's like a Darren Eels type of message, but a little more straightforward. Not as <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yes. All right. So... Let's jump into uh, the Cincinnati game. Well, actually, I'm just going to interrupt you one moment. All right. Because we did say that we would give Carmen a chance, if she wanted to, to talk about the things about the Women's World Cup. Do you have some things to tell our audience about the Women's World Cup? We talked about it because we felt like we had to. Y'all did. But we missed you, so. Yeah, I don't have a lot to add. I will say, though, one of the great World Cup, overall great World Cup, I thought it was a great final. Um, one of the good things about, you know, kind of not doing well is you've got a little behind the scenes because people start to talk. (laughs) (laughs) Like people who were, didn't make the team started to talk. You had the podcast with like Kristen Press and Tobin Heath. So what was your favorite jab out there that you heard by by a player or by an ex-player? Goodness. I thought Lindsay Horan came a little hard. Don't you think? She, she came did. a little hard. I can't remember whose podcast she was on. I, think. I thought it was on the Tobin Heath Was one. it on that one? And okay. uh, Kristen Press, I thought that she appeared on that. Yeah. I could be wrong. Yeah. She but came, I think that's what it was. She came a little hard, I feel like, at the coaching, just talking about, like, what did you expect us to do? Like, you just did not put us in a position to win. Yeah. Which is pretty much what we said would happen. So... Uh, yeah, disappointing. I'm excited to see who is coming up next as a coach. I'm excited to see what direction they go in now that we have some Are you really excited, though, or are you apprehensive? <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> I actually right. am excited. I think we can do this right. I think we can do this right. How are we going to do it right? The U.S. structure has shown no ability to get it right ever, right? <laughs> like, when's the last time they got it right? 
I know it's been a while, but I feel like on people, the men's and women's side, men's did, and women's. You're did, right. did you guys hear the news out there that I guess uh, Burhalter's yet to even speak to? He GM? hasn't even yes. said there's anything. Like a cons- to any they've hired like a consultant to like. Right. He to- needs like to talk to his consultant before like he can talk to whatever immediately. Like, oh my goodness talk gracious! Talk to the child. Yeah. I mean, this is child, but talk to the man. Talk, yeah. just talk. You're a coach. Yeah. <laughs> now, you're Come right. on, they might be Berhalter, trying, pick up the phone. No, they might be trying too hard now. So Remember maybe. those uh, the old AT and T? Reach out, reach out, and touch someone. You know the call. Like, Come on, reach out. Yeah. It's it's Gio Reyna. We need him. Yeah. Well, hopefully, we got some people joining on the live stream now. Uh, I see some people coming in and out. Yep. Uh, Colonel ATL Dave already gave a shout out on our. Lack of knowledge of the playoffs, which keep changing. So if, if you've joined, uh, if you know, we, we will try to what get the better. playoff structure is gold star for you because yes. that means you're following along when they change it every year. And uh, let's jump into the Cincinnati game. We okay. played at home. Correct. We were there. We were there on a wonderful Saturday evening. And uh, I should say Pineda was not there. Right, or he was not on the bench because he had received his yellow card suspension and he was not coaching the game. So do you know who was coaching the game? Uh, was it- so Pineda was, was coached, you know, he was um, he ran all the practices and stuff. He made the starting lineup, et cetera, et cetera. But he was not on the touchline. He was not allowed to be on the touchline. Huh. So who would you expect to be the coach? And then I'll tell you that it wasn't him. <laughs> I don't even know who to expect. Go ahead, Mikey Dodds. Yeah. No. Well, there was a, there's an assistant coach we had who have coached the team previously yeah, as a head coach. Glass is who you'd expect, right? No, Glass is the I guy mean, who was terrible and gone. Yeah, Valentine. No, so, ba- ba- yes. Ah, <laughs> was the Valentine. Rob Valentine. Rob Valentine. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, he, he was not the one who was in charge. No, he went with uh, De La Torre was the head coach for the game, and Ra- Valentine was assisting him. Yeah. So, right. you know, so that means you can't blame – Pineda for anything that happened in the game? I yeah. don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Rob Valentino should have been at the helm. Maybe. That's what you're saying. I hear you. He has a terrific record so, with United, but um, yeah. So we go into that game against the MLS leaders. We stick with the winning formula for the starting lineup. Zero tweaks uh, was what you and I were talking about. And, you know, I, I think this just shows some – you know, basicness of Pineda's logic too, right? Of not trying to, you know, I don't think you need to overthink it. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you have a winning lineup, yeah. But at the same time, you're going up against the best team in the league. There probably should be at least maybe one little adjustment that you make. That's like your little fine-tuned bet on what you're going to do to influence the team, you know? And and my opinion there is like, I would have rather seen Saba start over Mascara uh, in that game. Of course, you know, he got the goal, right? But at, at the end of the day, when you look at his overall portfolio playing that game, I'd have still rather had Saba. He may have had two goals in that game. So I felt like uh, whether it was that move or something in the center mid, obviously behind, uh, you know, Moyamba having, uh, you know, Sosa in or something like that to mix it up, we didn't see either one of those. Those would have been like the two things I would have looked at. Dave, what would you have thought of as an, as an adjustment against – the, you know, shield leading MLS team in Cincinnati and the way that they're set up. 
Well, the interesting thing is, so this time of year, you would say you should have some tweaks just for squad rotation to keep people fresh. Now, that being said, we got knocked out so early from the League's Cup, they had just come off a huge break. So maybe you don't need squad rotation, and then you could say, look, we played the same starting lineup. But even in that case, I would say it's hard to imagine how Seattle on the road, Nashville at home, Cincinnati at home are all the same, right? Like... You, you, you might think that there might be a reason um, to tweak something. And I, and <laughs> I don't know whether I would have tweaked it for those gains, but I certainly would have tweaked it because I don't think he, he has the best starting lineup. But, um, you know, the bottom line is that Pineda, when we win, he it's like almost like superstition. He will not change the team no matter what. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, unless there's an injury, I feel like he says if you win – it stays. You get to stay. So it, we like I literally felt like this is what I felt like. And here's here's the here's the here's the scenario, the crazy scenario. Right. So we just bought a new designated player, Saba. Right. And we before he comes in, we win on the road at Seattle. We win at Nashville. So if we went on an eight game winning streak or 10, let's say we went the rest of the year, let's just say a ridiculous scenario without losing a match. That means Saba's as a designated player is not going to get a start the rest of the year. Yeah. Mm. And this is the problem with saying, okay, if you win, you know, then you stick with the same lineup, like in general, sure. But that can't be a thing. Like, and I don't know whether it's a thing for Pineda too, but it seems so often that when we win, it's the same team. Now, granted, you get the you get the formation right, and there's two different schools of thought about coaching. Some is real about squad rotation, and some are like, I'll put my best starting eleven out there all the time, and we just compete for it. Um, I'm a little in between, right? I like to have a starting lineup, you know, in general, and keep that. But even in that context, you still got to feel like a little bit of rotation to keep people fresh. Yeah. And I'm not saying in this case, because again, with the League's Cup, right, we, we were all fresh. But Muyamba, who literally just came over from France, played in the League's Cup, played in the, all those matches. By the time he gets to Cincinnati, he looks like he was slowing down a little bit. Yeah. And you feel like maybe there could have that could have helped, but Yeah, I didn't yeah. think he was slowing down. I felt like, you know, he slowed down towards the end of the game. Yeah, that's what uh, I mean. But not not during the beginning. I felt like he mm-hmm. still had it, but maybe his legs did get a little slug, right. sluggish towards the end of that game. Right. Um so do we want to look at uh some of the the goals in the the Cincinnati game? Yeah, so we start in the 11th minute, right? I mean, Silva, the new player, right? Zande Silva. I mean, talk about a first touch on this goal. I mean, there's a ball served all the way across the field, and he brings it down, like, with the most delicate, amazing first touch. Yeah. Oh, no, this is actually... Sorry. We're gonna. We are gonna go to the first uh, opportunity here. I think this is worth. Oh, reviewing. you want to look at the yeah. Almada free this kick is, first? Let's look at the Almada free kick All first right. because uh. this was this was early on in the game seven seven forty three. All right. And uh, you and I were in the stands. We're like, man. I was like, man, that's far away, and I know he can do it from there. But that looks like even further than what we've. You ever said seen. play, and I said 
play it to you know to somebody as a, a play a ball in and i yeah. said hell no shoot and, <laughs> because and, it's because it's freaking and, and i gave Amana. you the nod i said yeah. oh, you're, you're right you're All right, right. <laughs> and and here's what we see here and you know go ahead and play it but you know in the stadium i just thought oh. it, i just thought it whizzed i thought it whizzed by the the, uh-uh. the post by like a, a foot or so nope from where we were sitting I, it wasn't until watching the replay tonight oh my goodness that this thing post. hits the Top top oh corner. Oh my goodness! Yeah, and this next angle really shows it. I mean, what a beautiful oh. kick that was! And I mean, he was he beat, totally oh. beat the keeper. I yeah, mean, the keeper had no chance. And Messi oh would have some respect for that. So anyway, goodness. now we can move on to the. I don't have much to say yeah. about that except for he good. <laughs> he good. Yeah. Are we here? Is this is what we're playing. And he can do not, that consistently. Not. That ball was a good thirty yards out. Yeah. Oh my gosh, um, that's pretty. And to have the keeper be completely beat on that is is is. It's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the, the next uh, sh- show here is the uh, the goal by Silva, or not by Silva, by Mascara, which I think is his first like professional goal, if I'm not mistaken, right, Dave? It's probably the first goal of his life. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding out there, but no, it's certainly I mean, his it's, first goal for Atlanta United. No, it's like his first goal in eight. 80 like professional matches. Oh, really? Yeah. He does not have a good track record. Not good. And he, no. sh- he clearly should have put his laces through this ball like he did. But if he can't score in this scenario, Silva just does a beautiful job, as you'll see here, Carmen, bringing this down, okay. turning it and crossing it. Kind of under pressure, too. Under pressure, flicks, flicks off somebody's back heel. But, uh, yeah, pretty pretty sweet uh, touch. First touch here from, uh, from Silva as this comes down. Look at this. Whoop. Oh. Turn. And then... Crosses it, dinks up over somebody, and then Mascara well just smashes it. It was a little bit fortunate to fall for Mascara, but oh my yeah. God, it's yes. Dante Silva. What a first touch. Yeah. Oh, do they show that, that again? Was that was lovely. Yeah, what a first touch. Because yeah. it comes right oh. over the defender. This is and not. And to take it to the outside. No one yeah. would expect that. Yeah. <laughs> and, the guy was, and the guy was still on him, and so he yeah. had the ability to keep it real close and make the cross. So well done. Magic. Yeah. Um, so yeah, good. we're, we're kind of cruising through the game here, and then. And uh, they noticed he crossed it with his weaker left foot. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. able to I love to that. see two-footed yeah. players. Please, good Lord, bring us only two-footed players. So then, yeah, if you move forward to the big hump there in the, uh, the, in the arc. The big hump. Yeah, right there. If you Ooh. go back a little bit. Yeah, so this is the goal by Acosta. And, Dave, you want to go to your notes on what I had uh, turned to you and said in the, the stadium here? As, <laughs> as kind of, you could see Moyamba was, was waning. Uh, the team was increasingly getting tired, uh, and it felt like we were a little too late to make. Well, I have to say, you know, midway through the, through the first half, our midfield starts to get being run over. Right in this game, we were up one nothing, right. right? But midway through the first half, we starts to get run over, and um, we come out in the second half. Maybe we were okay in the, for a few minutes in the second half, but by the time we get to um, 54, 55th minute, 10 minutes into the second half, I have in my notes we're getting run over again. And the interesting thing about that is that. You know, and we're going to get to it in a minute on the tactical board. But um, when we were talking about Seattle and Nashville with our two amazing wins coming out of League's Cup, right? Everybody's saying, oh, it's a change. Everything changed, right? And it's Muyamba and Josetu, right? And we're, you know, fixed. We have all the attacking power and Zande Silva and, and, you know, Saba coming off the bench and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we're fine in midfield. We fixed it because we got Muyamba. And I was saying that. You know, it looks to me like Miyumba's an all-action guy. And 
it looked to me, I could understand why in Seattle, Nashville didn't really overrun us in midfield. And I don't really know the answer to that. Maybe Miyumba was so active, he kind of compensated for it. But I felt like it was coming. In the last podcast that we talked about it, I said, to me, it's not... It's not solid in the midfield. We're going to get run over in the midfield. And sure enough, Cincinnati comes in and they were running over us in the midfield. Yeah. Right. I remember in the last podcast, I talked about how in the Seattle game, one of their players dribbled 40 yards straight up the middle of the field. Nobody even came to challenge. He was dribbled 40 yards straight up the middle. Right. And I'll talk in a minute about how that happens. But you know, in this game, it looked like it was coming. We were talking to each other. We're like, we're about to give up a goal. And before you show this clip, I want to say, 72nd minute in my notes I have, Dobbs turns to me and says, the defensive sub is going to be too late, right? We need the defensive sub now, and it's going to be <laughs> too late. 73rd minute, 73rd minute. All right. Uh, 75th minute or 74th minute, they score, and right in the after they score in the, the the dead ball off the goal, then we sub in the defensive ah. sub, right? Now, so that thing I want to say though is I agree we started to get a little run over in the midfield, but I I feel like the next two goals are, were other issues that we're about to point out here um, that that are about. Yeah. Marking your man. Well, the interesting thing, I just want to say one thing more about that sub is so it ends up being Sadich for Zande Silva, right? For the defensive sub. So now obviously that's a midfield for a forward, so it makes us more defensive. But, you know, Sadich is not exactly bringing in the best defender. And you had a super defender on the bench in the midfield in Sosa. No it, Sosa? No, he didn't oh. bring him in. So I was like, anyway, so now you want to, you want yeah, me, yeah. or you can talk about what, what went wrong on go, this goal? Go ahead here. Yeah, just, you can go ahead and talk about Huzetu and his positioning here. So you can watch him. He's about 35 yards out in the center of the field. So here. where we have the clip frozen now, Huzetu is right in this smack in the middle of the field, about 10 yards out from our box, um, right outside, right in the middle outside of the, the circle are the semicircle at the top of the box, right? And this is what's happening. So we said we said it against Nashville, right? So Josetu in the Nashville game did an absolutely brilliant job, right? And we talked about this, that his job was, Hani Mukhtar always drops in deep. And his job was literally to wait for Hani Mukhtar to come out of the forward back into him and get on him. And he did, that's what he did. And I said, you know, defensively, if Josetu is going to shine, he needs a very strict role like that. Right, because I don't think he's very good one on one, and I don't think he reads the game that well, and he's not that active. Right, <laughs> so that doesn't really make for a great defensive midfielder. Mm -hmm. And so in this game, and in the subsequent games, you know that we've had, you know, Josetu every single time he just every time we lose the ball, he goes right back to the central back pair. Right, so in this case, it was um, it was Robinson and Abram. And he stands right in front of them. So you can see that's where he's coming from. He actually was so deep in front of them. He stepped up a couple of steps. But if you watch on this clip, look what he does. Yeah. So the ball, I think, comes out wide to the right here. And yeah, watch. Again, who's that to? Kind there of he's going back. Backing in. And now he does a little boogie step. Ooh, yeah. Boogie step. <laughs> oh. Ooh. And, and if you notice Acosta, because of that, Acosta, even though Muyamba and Josetu are back on that play, both, 
Acosta runs right in between the two of them, and nobody even comes close to picking him up. Right? He goes right in between the two. <laughs> right? Yeah. Ugh. And you're positive that's that's not uh, that that was Almada doing the boogie. By the way, was it? Yeah. I think we're wrong on that. No, it shows that two twenty. Okay, okay. It shows that two twenty. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Come on now. Sorry. All right. Amada was the one who actually was yeah. the field and gave up the, the previous play. But anyway, we're going to talk to you about a minute on the tactical board about what happens when you pair Josetu with Muyamba with, with just the two of them in yeah. the midfield. Right? The, the, and, and I said Cincinnati had basically three in the midfield. So I, the, the final goal here is what, like, if we're going to be, I mean, Pineda literally should be listening to the podcast at this point. <laughs> I, I, I seriously, because, you, I mean, I would really encourage you, if you guys are listening to this just on the audio, find the time to go look at this. We've been talking about our fullbacks pinching in and that being a coach thing or a thing that's not being coached out. Out of all the times we've talked about this, Carmen, how many times do you think we've spoken about the fullbacks pinching in on this podcast? (laughs) Oh, gosh, a ton. Yeah, it's 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 like, and we've seen goals because people wait till you wait till you see this example here in the final. You're gonna lose your mind. Am I gonna lose my mind? You're gonna lose your mind. Let's see. Yeah, so let's yeah go ahead and play it right, and and we'll tell you to pause. So Guzan sends it out, and now pause it here for a second, right? So right now Lennon, who is playing right back, he's literally almost on the touchline. He's like two feet from the touchline. Right, and he's back. Silent. Right, oh, he's okay. not up the field. He's way further back. He's way out wide. So he was there basically to try to open it up and maybe get a ball from Guzan. Right, right. Mm-hmm. But and Almada does a really bad job of fighting for this ball. But anyway, he loses the ball. You know, almost at midfield, so it shouldn't be that big of a problem. Nevertheless, just watch what Lennon does, and then maybe Carmen, you can describe it. Having not seen it, you can okay. describe it to yeah. the people. Uh-oh, I'm frightened. Okay. Yeah. Amada loses, doesn't fight back for it at all. Comes in, comes ah, further ah, in, and oh, it was yeah. a oh, <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, so knowing there's a guy out there, because he was just out there, mm-hmm. he basically ran in to guard a person, even though we had how many people already yeah, there? Yeah, the backs were back. Everybody was back. So we got yeah. one, two, three, four. And left that guy completely wide open to who crossed it and that guy. He comes hurt. in and then comes in again, <sighs> right? He's like, he came in far and then he was like, mm, it's not far enough. I better come keep coming, right? Even though he got further away from him and he's nowhere close. Like, who is he even guarding? Like, that's Yeah, no, thing. nobody. Like, nobody. Like, yeah, really go back and watch this. It's, <laughs> Sorry. It's, Sorry, guys. I got to watch it It's absolutely time. stunning. The, okay, like, so he's all the way. Okay. So, okay, we'll let the ball cycle out wide here. Okay. And as it goes here, hit pause. Oh, sorry. Okay. Look where he is right now and where he came from. He was standing on the sideline. He All he had to do is just mark his guy, right? If he like, stayed out there, he had the guy. Right. Look, there's a guy right in front of him, correct, that's marking no one. So why does he need to be there? It's got to be coached. Right, it's, you cannot tell me that he did that just naturally. Because naturally, if you're if you're just terrible, whatever you're looking for a guy and you go try to get the ball and you, try, you ignore it, whatever, right. he just moves in and moves in again. It's so uh, it's almost like basketball. I don't know if y'all play basketball. Where they always say guard, like go to the basket yeah. first, guard the basket. This is like allow, go allowing somebody to you know give somebody a free alley oop from out you know outside the three. Well, I but, actually think that what this is from basketball. So Carmen, being a big Duke basketball fan, having gone to Duke or football right, fan this week, that's right. One of the things that they say: if you're the guard on the wing, 
don't leave the shooter, right? So right. if the point guard penetrates, right, the classic thing you do is you come in to help, and then all he does is kick it out to the guy who's, you know, to the J.J. Reddicks of the world, and he's never going to miss, right? Um, right? And this is what's happening here, right? Don't leave the shooter. In this case, it's, it's the crosser, right? Yes. Don't leave the crosser. If you're the outside back, you're responsible for the guy out there who's going to serve the, the cross. Don't leave him. I'm like, even to the point where if, if we get beat straight through the middle, so be it. If, if they can go through Miles Robinson and Abram and Muyamba and Huzetu who are all there, like, yeah. they deserve a goal. But they oh, don't need the, the one guy who doesn't need help defensively on our yeah. team is Miles Robinson. Miles Robinson. So why is he going to hold his hand and leave a guy wide open? Yeah, because once you do that, now you're relying on everybody to be awesome at marking their guy, yeah. right? And Wiley's trying to scramble back off his guy to take Vasquez, and he can't get there, and okay. it's a tap in. All right, oh, man. so let's uh, we're done with the replay here, but that was painful to watch. <laughs> if you can set up the tactical board for Dave and, and oh. not have him go fumbling around, uh -oh. then we're gonna we're, we're gonna board. switch to tactical let's board. Let's see if I can do it, guys. I, it's been a minute. Oh, crap. Now I yeah. can't. What's Just, happening? Yeah, click that and then go to the top. Share this tab instead, right? There you go, Woo, yeah. Woo, I'm magic. I think we're Let good to go. Let me just make sure we're good. And no. add scene. Yeah, move it over. And now we're on tactical okay. board. And, oh, hold on. Switch oh. switch Dave back to the tactical board on the tab so he doesn't have to. Oh, okay. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, all right. All right. Still don't have it totally smooth. No. But, you know. Blame it on Fiji. Yes. I'll be saying that for the rest of the year. Blame it on Fiji. Blame it on the rain. All right. So, Dave, I don't know if this is... If there uh, wasn't awkwardness during the switch, it wouldn't be the ATL on fire. So, yeah. I mean, come on, people. So, describe the, the scene here. We got our standard starting lineup here? Or? Yes. Um... This is the standard, well, actually, it was mascara, so if we, we want to be honest, for this first game, it was mascara instead of Saba. But that yeah. was their starting lineup during the run in which we beat Seattle, and we beat Nashville, and then we lost to Cincinnati. Yeah. So, first of all, you know, for those of you who listen to the podcast a lot, you, you know, we have some issues with Pineda, but um, I'm going to say... We did seem to fix one thing. And the thing that we seemed to fix was the airplanes. Yeah. Okay. In two ways, actually. There are two really interesting ways that we fixed it. So first of all, what was happening prior is when we would start to come out of the back a little bit and we'll move them up the field a little bit, what would happen is Lennon would go here and Wiley would go here. That was the classic airplanes, right? And what was happening is, as we talked about earlier, right, that um, was supposed to be overloaded. Um, we'll just put a, a magical defender out here. But the problem was they're just so tight. All Lennon was doing was crowding Araujo space. Right. Right. So um, he's fixed it in two ways. So first of all, if Lennon goes forward, Miles is coming a little bit further out. Abram is coming in here and Wiley's staying at home. Yeah. So we no longer have just two in the back. We, we have three. three always. So that already makes us a lot less vulnerable and might be the reason why we did get two shutouts. Um, although I still think that we're vulnerable to some weak soft goals because we haven't, as we'll talk about in a second, we haven't fixed the center midfield. 
Anyway, the other thing that happened that was so good is that, so Mascara is actually our first non-inverted winger. He's right-footed. He was playing on the touchline, like way out here. He had Lennon underlapping here. Yeah. And when Lennon comes in here and as an underlap, now it's actually the 2v1 that he wanted the whole time, right? Yeah. Instead of, as I was saying before, it was, it was Araujo was here and Lennon was here. There's no space, right? Um, but Lennon underlapping means that Mascara was hugging the touchline, and that was really working. Same thing even when Lennon was back, Silva as a right-footed inverted winger is coming in here a lot and is good in those spaces, right. right? Whereas Araujo was not good in those spaces, but he's good in that spaces, and then Wiley is free to go here, and again, we're getting our 2v1. So, yay, we're getting a little bit overloaded. There's a little better spacing when we have our single airplane and we have three in the back, right? So this is what we've tended to look like. So that's a already a big improvement, okay? Um, as Remind me when we finish or what you want to do it right now. We can talk about it right now. So I assumed after all this, we finally had now... Lennon, let's go back to it being Lennon because I want to talk about it more on Lennon's side, right? <laughs> I finally thought, okay, obviously the reason, I was like, why did he fix it and have Lennon go underneath? Because Lennon, as we, you know, as Pineda will always tell you, he's the biggest goal chance creator in all of MLS because he crosses the ball from out wide, right? And he's really good at servicing the ball. So now why have him go underneath if that's the case, yeah, well, right? Because Mascara certainly can't deliver a ball. And Mascara cannot deliver a ball, so you'd actually like it sort of to be the opposite. But So I assume the only possible explanation for this had to be that Araujo was inverted as a left foot or footer, so he was coming inside, and Lennon was out here. And now that it's not uninverted, it's Mascara on the touchline, he asked Lennon to come inside. And that all made sense to me until... Saba. Saba came in in the game against Dallas... So Saba's left-footed, so he's Araujo. So we would assume he's going to come inside where he's comfortable, and Lennon now would go back to here. Do you want to know what happened? Do what tell. What happened? Saba stayed here. Lennon came underneath again, and suddenly we're crowding the space again. Another Araujo situation. Yeah. What is the possible explanation can't help you. We either. always were assuming that he loved Lennon, so Lennon has to go forward and he has to be wide because that's where he's good. He can right. cross the ball, right? So we were assuming that was the reason for the whole thing, right? Yeah. And you were you were sacrificing Araujo, who loves to be out in space and yeah. run, for that. And so when when Mascara came in, it made sense because he wasn't inverted and he switched, but he yeah. kept it well, switched. You know, I I think it I think it'll work if Saba stays wide like Mascara does, though, because I think Saba can beat people straight down the line and can cross it and, and can be and he can come in and actually score the goal as we saw in the last game. God so, help us if that's true, because so Saba, to me, looks really good in tight spaces. He's really good. He's left-footed, but he also can use his right foot. He's yeah. really good under, under pressure. He can hold the ball. And it absolutely has to be him in here and Lennon overlapping out here. Because Lennon, honestly, is useless underlapping. He's not yeah. that great in tight spaces. Agreed. You lose his whole crossing ability. And how many times in the last two games have you seen Lennon put in yeah. a good ball? 
But if if we do that, then Saba has to be a, a, a little bit more of a drop back in case you know Lennon gets caught up the field. Is all I would say there, because the the problem with that is is like when it was Mascara, Lennon was is the full duty of the fullback, and Mascara is a natural right person to just go down the line and terrorize people with his speed. In this situation with Saba, you're counting on Lennon speed and athleticism to tire people out which is fine to your point. And now you're leveraging Saba's skill sets to terrorize people on the inside. Yeah. But if Lennon is this far up, like I three back is great. Don't get me wrong, but somebody needs to be a little bit more accountable to, to kind of help to make it four more often. How do you see that unfolding then? Honestly, I'm going to disagree with you. I got no problem with us having three in the back, especially if we have a defensive midfielder, you know, fairly doing a good job here. If we have this and they're good, right? Because your key is when you lose the ball, right? So when the ball turns over here, the key to all of soccer is taking away the first option, right? So we'll put number two as his teammate. So his number two is here. So as long as when they're trying to play out of the back here, Miles is actually close enough to right. here, you're fine. You're pressing out of the back in this case. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You just can't be caught where you have so few players that you can't match up because then what happens, we get all this pressure. They, you know, it's it looks like this, right? Now, Miles is no way going to get out there and all the pressure in the world here doesn't do you any good because they have right. the wide open player. Right. Yeah. Right? Agreed. This right. is what happened to my daughter's team on the weekend. Nobody was pressuring this and they just kept killing us with the yeah. split ball. Anyway, uh, okay, so so I'm giving him credit and saying, look, he fixed the airplanes because we don't have them both. We no longer have airplanes. We have airplane, yeah. which is better, way better, and we don't need airplanes because the, on the weak side, if Lennon has the ball up here and they're going 2v1, yeah. we do not need Wiley here. We need him back. Yeah, Kasaba and Silva are obviously capable of attacking other players yeah. just just like Wiley and Lennon can but now you're adding another dynamic but only one of them is flying because this ground. player if Wiley's forward here it doesn't overload anything I mean it does but you know the chances of having you know this is not so great so Josetu and Moyama seem to be the preferred <sighs> center mids behind Moyama behind Almada um you were talking I don't know if it was earlier in the podcast or before the podcast about you know, Hosetu seems to perform a little bit better when he's assigned a player like we saw, um, you know, with Mukhtar. He was, he was kind of able to shut him down. That was his job, obviously, to shadow him the entire game. But when you give him the freedom to, you know, roam and read the game, he does a really poor job getting caught in the middle of nowhere. Um how would Sosa coming in change that? Can you explain that to the listeners? Well, so the thing that, that was killing me here is so, so Pineda is calling this a double pivot, right? So in a double pivot, what happens is one guy is a little bit further, Miyambo's here, and Josetu sits in for him. Or at times, Josetu goes here and Muyamba sits in for him, yeah. right? That's a double pivot. Right, and not, it, that's, not, and we're not seeing that in terms of evidence. No. So first of all, Josetu doesn't go forward. It's just Muyamba, right? So if anything, it's a single yeah. pivot. All action. <laughs> it's, it's all action Muyamba, which I love. Yeah, right? which yeah. is fine, right? Yeah. But here's the thing, Muyamba. Like in the first, we I, I pointed out last podcast in the first like two minutes of the Seattle game, Muyamba shows up at the back post here. Okay, 
right? So that is not something that screams defensive midfielder, right? right? You know, and that's fine if he's all action or whatever. But the other thing that happens is as soon as we lose the ball, Josetu comes and he goes to really protect the back four, right? So in the Seattle and Nashville games, we had a lot of Muyumba doing this. And we have Josetu retreating immediately here. And this is what happens. Yeah. Right? So in the Seattle game, they did this. They literally, there was one time we got a counter we we didn't get our backs up the game that up that far. These guys were over here. They turned the ball over badly. They played it here, something like this. And this guy took the ball and dribbled forty yards almost to here as everybody was running forward and backing up, right? And nobody even addressed him. He went forty yards basically from here to here without anybody even coming close to addressing him or tackling or anything. And I was like. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, how can somebody run straight up the middle? But the bottom line is that Josetu is dropping right in front of the backs, and Muyamba is doing this all-action stuff. He often makes these runs or whatever, and there is a huge, huge gap. Right? I mean, it's so obvious. And to me, what was so crazy is after the Cincinnati game, um, De La Torre, right, as the game wore on, it got worse and worse, right? We were starting on the front foot. In the middle of the first half, as I pointed out, they were really running. We got it maybe under control after halftime for 10 minutes, and then it was all Cincinnati, and the whole midfield was gone. And so De La Torre, who actually who was coaching for Pineda, after the game, he said, I thought we started dribbling too much, and I couldn't understand why the game became so transitional. Basically, it was up and down and up and down. Yeah. This is why Coach De La Torre, the game became so transitional because we have nobody in midfield. Nobody, right? Rosetti is back, but he's so far back, he's not covering anybody. And Muyamba's making these runs forward. And there is a 30-yard gap. When's the last time you saw a Premier League team that had a 30 or 35-yard gap in the center of the pitch? It happens. When does it happen? It happens late in games yes. when the game kind of breaks away into yes. desperation. But you have to go for but it. But you have to go for right. it. Whereas it was, you know, I've always said, when you know you're watching MLS when it's the 15 minute and it's an accordion. That's like, how is this accordion, <laughs> you know? Although, you know, some of the games I've been watching lately, uh, the quality soccer, maybe it's the Miami uh, Messi effect. Seems like it's getting better, but... Even if Josetu was actually not right in front of, which he always is, even if he was out in here... Right, this would happen a lot, and he just cannot handle this to make the decisions. Yeah, I mean it's very hard to do, but there's a few people who can. So this makes great decisions on those plays. Yeah. But he, you know, the number one thing if you're a defensive midfielder and you get in a two v one, you know, as a coach, what do I tell people? Right, is the it, don't worry about the two v one. Wherever they play the ball, you've got to get on his back and not let him make this one. Right. Right? Because once he makes this one, we're in real trouble. When's the last time we've seen Sosa? I was just about to well, ask Well, the Sosa started against Dallas. Oh, he did. Okay. Well, it was oh, crazy. Because I missed that game. I was, I was in a place with no internet, so I only watched the highlights. So after all of this, right, we lose a game, right? <laughs> and, uh, and the Pineda thing comes in. So Moyumba goes to the bench, right? And uh, so here, we'll move it. Yeah, so Josetu went to the bench and was replaced by Sosa. 
And it wasn't even Muyumba. Muyumba went to the bench too. And it was Sidich. This was suddenly our center midfield. Why? What? Don't you think he's oh. going to, don't you think that Pineda is going to claim rotation? Is sure. Yeah. I mean, I think he says, you know, Dallas is a weaker team and we can go with our weaker midfield. I think that's what he would think is this is our weaker midfield. But again, it, it strikes me as having very limited creativity. We always have to have a defensive midfielder who he thinks is Josetu is the best one, who is not. And then Sosa can come in for him, but Sosa yeah. can never play with another defensive midfielder. Oh, no. That can never happen because you have to have one of these and one of these and one of these. Yeah. And in our team, you don't. As we've talked about, when you now have Silva, Almada, yeah. Gigi, and Saba, you got plenty of attacking. Yeah. Just have some people to recycle the ball. Yeah, You actually don't really even need Muyamba charging all over the place. It helps sometimes, and it's yeah. good. But if you're going to have Muyamba charging all over the field, first yeah. of all, it has got to be Sosa behind him. Yeah. Right, because he's actually defensive but, midfield. But even like, yeah, I, mean, I love the all-action Moyamba. But, but you're saying like, if he had Sosa, he could be a little more measured in, in in conserving his energy and just taking those moments with the skill set that he's got to to take advantage of what he can bring, which is a lot. Yeah, um, I agree. So, so wait, so, why does Pineda think that? Do we know this? What, what Josetu brings over Sosa, or what Sosa is missing? For, we have no idea. Or it's just what we he come doesn't back to. like Sosa. Yeah, he does not like it's Sosa. And you know why? I, to, to be honest with you, you know why I think he doesn't like Sosa? It's amazing. I see this, you know, watching a lot of um, youth soccer games. The coaches are constantly screaming at this person. There's there's a person on every team who the coaches scream at, and they shouldn't. So there's a person who works actually reads the game fairly well, works pretty hard, ends up in good spots. Right. Well, so other people are not doing that and are not marking whatever. And they're the ones who always look like they get beat because they're always over by the danger. So the coach starts screaming at them. And they so, for example, if this is Sosa here, he's always over with the guy and there's two V one. And what will happen is, let's say for a while, it was Sadich. Right. Where did Sadich go? Uh, Sadich went here. And so Sadich will be caught in no man's land or he's ball watching and the guy runs right by him. Does he ever yell at Sadich? No, because he's watching the ball and he's seeing Sosa come over to get his guy and get beat diving in right here. This was actually Sadich's fault. Yeah. Okay. Or Sosa, yeah, people will say, oh, he gets a yellow card or a red card or is too, you know, too aggressive in that situation. I think that's the perception everybody watches in that moment. Pineda likes to penalize people which i think is really bad coaching so that we noticed this the one time parata made a mistake right he made a really bad mistake and he went to the bench and we haven't seen him back in the starting lineup ever you know yeah. abram finally got his shot yeah. which to me okay if you think abram's the better guy play abram yeah. fine but don't make it about when you make one mistake uh, you're yeah. gone it's like a terrible psychological confidence yes. tactic as a coach yeah yes Okay, so right. that's that's our midfield dilemma. And then the other thing, as we've already talked about, is this madness of pinching in. And I'll just point it out one more time. You know, we saw it here in the clip. You know, for those of you who couldn't see the clip, uh, but Lennon was out here. Guzan plays the ball all the way up to, it was Almada who gets beat here, right? There's a guy, you know, in here. And there's a guy, ooh, that's 
guy out here. Lenin comes in, right, to here, and then he comes in again. <laughs> and we had a guy for him, and he leaves this. What happened? Yeah. Why? No, there's no earthly idea. And there was more defensive people back for Atlanta United. So when I said that I thought that we haven't fixed everything, there's two things that I think caused us to give really soft goals. Well, actually, there were three things. We fixed one of them. So one thing that we were doing is we only had two back. We now have at least three back, so we fixed that. And that's probably why we're maybe slightly better defensively. But the other two things that we were doing are getting killed is one in the midfield. We don't have the right combination. We're not solid in the midfield. We're getting run over. That's still happening. And the second thing we continue to do is pinch in unnecessarily. So even when we do have players back, they still have wide open for the cross. And that's why you give up soft goals. Agreed. Dave, give Carmen her seat back. We're going FC Dallas uh, off the tactical board. That was good stuff. Tactical uh, board. <laughs> oh, that pinching in from Lennon. That, that, even I could see that. It, I mean, how brutal was that in that goal? At the, I mean, people, go back and watch it. But here's the question, right? So they have access to, you know, incredible footage, right? They do team, you know, footage and whatever, blah, 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 right? Um, my question is, do you think that Pineda or some assistant coach is watching that and saying, wait, why did you do that? I, I think the answer has to be no, because we haven't come close to, to changing that at all. Yeah. How do you watch that clip? And not see what Lennon did as a problem. It, well, it's kind of scary in terms of uh, how often that's happening. Mm -hmm. And none of the coaches are making it an issue. Yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> FC Dallas. We tie that game 2-2. Two -two. Yep. Do we want to go to the uh, any any comments in the, uh, the thing we need to, to answer? Uh, so the starting lineup, obviously, he switches those two. And we, we touched on it briefly. I'm, can I ask the question again? Why? You know, supposedly the thing that changed so much, you know, when we came out of the break, when we beat the great win at Seattle on the road, we beat uh, Nashville at home, right? Yeah. Cincinnati obviously don't do whatever, but we still played fairly well, you would think. Yeah. So why switch out both your center midfielders after that game? Right. One of them? Okay. Like if Moyama needs a rest, great. I would have said, look, you're going on the road and MLS is terrible on the road in general. And Pineda himself is atrocious record on the road. So I would have said, look, we've got, we're scoring goals for fun. These guys look amazing. The one thing I don't want to do is to get run over in the midfield. And so I would have played two defensive midfielders in the middle. So to me, if you look at who are our best two defensive players in the middle, I would say Sosa and Muyamba. So I would have dropped Josetu and played Sosa, right? Yeah. A fresh guy, a second defensive midfielder. I might even have gone to a third player in the midfield, right? Either by asking Saba to play in the midfield, which I think he's probably mm -hmm. capable of, yeah. or bringing think, in Sadich. I think Saab is an all-action type of guy, too. Yeah. I think he's he's very flexible in what he's capable of on the field. So why not in this scenario, you could, or or even, you could have said, as we talked about, what the crazy part is, we have the wingers, right, on the road. The other thing you could have done is you said, all right, 
you know, defensively, we're much more solidly when we go with five in the back, right? Why not bring, have Abram and Miles Robinson and Parata, right? Play all of those guys, play the two true Wiley and Lennon as sort of the aggressive players, right? And now stick Sosa and Muyamba in the middle, protecting them. Yeah. Right? And then you have in front of them, you have you know, basically two players playing off of Gigi, right? So it's yeah. Almada and either Zande Silva or Saba, one of the two, playing just behind uh, Gigi. Yeah. And the, the width in that system comes from the two outside backs. They can now go bombing as airplanes because you're playing three always in the back. So not the best transition, but FC Dallas, a 2-2 tie. Uh, again, I was un unable to watch the game. No internet where I was, but I did watch the highlights. Uh, some good goals from Atlanta. It's United. impressive you went to a place where there's no internet. I like <laughs> it. That's what's called Labor Day weekend, yeah. people. Off the Beautiful. grid. Off the grid. But I don't know if you want to go to the highlights on YouTube. Uh, my big frustration. Yeah. So can I ask you what did you think of the push on Robinson? Was it a foul? Absolutely. I mean, it has to be uh, the fact that a professional referee who gives that a thousand times out of a thousand times decided that he was going to be bigger than the game because he felt like it was soft. And look, it was soft. <laughs> yep. It was soft, yep. but it doesn't matter. It's a penalty <laughs> or not a penalty. It's a uh, foul. It's a foul. <laughs> it's a foul. I mean, any, any, yep. any professional referee has to give that as a foul. Let's let's watch this. I mean, okay, G go ahead and hit the hit the ball here. So they they're driving down the right side here. Miles steps uh, onto the guy who's going down to the corner of the box. Shields it. Gets pushed in the back. Clearly gets yeah, pushed twice. in the back twice. twice. Bump twice. And you can actually see it on Ferreira's body language, right? So Ferreira, he like stops for a second. He's like, oh, oh. you're gonna let me keep playing. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, they show it again or do you want Look to at it? look, there's two body languages you should watch. Ferreira stopped. Elbow right in the back there. I he mean He knows he fouls him. He knows yeah. he fouls him. I mean all four no, of us do it, but he stopped, you know, there. Yeah. And throws him to the ground, basically. Yeah, that's a it's, foul. It's insane. It's uh, insane. Yeah. They should have they should the referees the, the referee just basically said, Here's a goal. Yeah. No worries, here's a goal. I'm gonna I'm gonna be the one who says what the score line is. This is this is my game, not the player's game. So I agree with you. You know, one thing you'll say is that so Robinson didn't have to go down. He's not getting pushed over by Ferreira. He went down to make the situation easier, right? So instead yeah. of having to try to kick it out for a touch for a corner or try to clear it from there, he's like, oh, I'll take the foul, right? Anytime there's <laughs> yeah. an elbow in the back here. Yeah. Any professional referee has to call that. Yeah, day. I agree. It's, it's a foul. It's... It's so insane. I think he went, <laughs> and I'm not like a, a you know me. I'm not an Atlanta United homer. Yeah, I'm just calling it like this is what a professional yep. soccer referee needs to do. I couldn't agree more. And uh, come on, I mean that is so JV. It's not even funny. Yeah, it's a crazy way to it's, give up a goal. It's a crazy way to give up a goal. Okay, mm -hmm. all right, I'm I'm off the fire. <laughs> I will say before we get on to the other goals. It's not on the clips, but in the 37th minute, uh, Ariola plays the ball to Ferreira, and Guzan thinks that he's not going to get there, 
And he literally falls over when Ferreira does get there because he misread it and he's not quick enough anymore, agile enough to recover. And it's a miracle that uh, Ferreira didn't score. He hit the post, Mm. right? I mean, it should have been a goal, right? Absolutely should have been a goal. And that's foreshadowing, Mikey Dobbs. You know what foreshadowing is? Yeah. (laughs) Laying the foundation for what is to come. (laughs) So there might be something that happens in the second half that's similar. All right. Well, here is the goal by George Yakamakis, which is... uh, Gee, this is Gigi got going on. This is all want, is what this is, yeah. Carmen. This guy's a machine when it comes down to. I love him so much. Yeah, he's, <laughs> but this is where you don't have to get the tactics right because there's nothing good tactically about here. It's slow build up. Yeah. We get it. Like Lennon could have crossed it there. He plays. There's nothing going on here. He just lofts it up yeah. and he just goes <laughs> and gets it and wins it. That's just two good players. Probably, that, ha- you know, probably half the minutes of the other Golden Boot leaders, and he's only one goal behind. I think. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. he's tied at one point. I think. Yeah, during one so, of the games. Boom. But can I really get? I want. I want on a shirt with him with his arms outstretched yeah. after he said, "Oh, I yeah, need it." Little celebration. <laughs> Football is life, coach. Oh. Oh, do we need it? Where am I? Football is life. Football. Which one's that one? Just like batting Guadalajara. <laughs> I do it, coach. Football is life. <laughs> <laughs> Football is life. That's that's GG, man. Football I is life. It just love just, him. He's like the coach is like, oh, you you play this this, you get to overload airplanes, and Gigi's like, no, you just <laughs> loft it up there, and I go get it and go. <laughs> so the the game's tied up at this point, one one, and we actually go ahead and get the lead goal on the road in Dallas here, right? So our our boy Saba, you um, think Saba could cut it in on his strong left foot and just put it right off the post? It's possible. So yeah, beautiful little bring down. Charges into the top corner of the 18. Oop. Cuts in. Three players, and then boom, right into the side netting. Can Lovely you show goal. it again, though? I just, just for those people who think that, you know, we don't actually watch the game and we're nuts. Uh, I want you to watch um, where Lennon goes on this play. I knew you were going to say that. I knew <laughs> you know. I'm going to have to okay. <laughs> so Lennon is in his right back position, and he goes, underlap. That's what he was doing the whole time. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Talk about not bringing the other players away from the guy who's got the ball. Like, that is like soccer one-on-one. Right now, there. at least he had the heart to keep going through, and that's that, what opened the space. But That is true. He did at least drag him deep enough, which... But helped. if that's 20 yards further out the field, he just runs off sides. Yeah. Right? He actually, he even ran offside he in the did. box almost, <laughs> right? But... But you know, yeah, he did. To be fair, he did at least drag him <laughs> deeper than he. The, yeah, it was a good did. run in the end because he dragged him really yeah. into the box. But I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it either. It's not over and over again. That's a little bit of luck, right there. Uh, so, and then uh, our friend Brad Guzan, who's our, who's our keeper going to be next year, uh, Carmen? Oh, I have no idea. Because this next not this him. next replay shows how desperately we're going to need oh, no. another goalkeeper <laughs> next year. I love goalkeepers. Caught in no man's land here. And old people. It's Just, not even a good ball. It's not even a good ball. Brad's like, oh. oh dear. He's big. He's bald. He's confused. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't even come close to getting to that ball. No. Yeah, that was bad. That was real bad. That was... 
It is. It's almost as if, and I've had this happen, it's like your brain thinks you're 22, Yep. Mm-hmm. but your body isn't 22. That's exactly what's going that on. That is exactly what's happening right it. there. Uh, it's yeah. sad because he was so good. Yeah. But he's just not, I mean, it's not just his age. It's also yeah. the Achilles, I think, you yeah. know, and it's, all the little it's injuries. It's all of that. I feel, I feel what Brad's feeling. <laughs> I'm with By you. another 10 or so years. I get it. Um, but uh, that was painful to watch. Painful to watch. Uh, all right. You got a tactical board you're going to go back to here, Dave? No, no. What's going on? No, we're, we're thinking, we have a, there's an innovation that... There's an innovation. That oh, we might be able to invite on a guest. And I okay. was thinking... Oh, dear. We yeah. might. Here we I love go. It. We're going to try to invite Let's a guest. see what, what Elliot says about this. <laughs> Elliot. Okay. We're going to try to Watch bring Elliot on. All right. I don't know. We're experimenting with uh, okay. trying to bring on a live guest for Technology. the first time. Yeah, so the, the link in the chat, there's probably something explaining this already, but the link the, I'm putting yeah. in the chat, hopefully after I hit this button here. Oh, is it not letting you put it in? No, it should. It's just hit slow. Hit it again. Hold on. I'm hit gonna, it again. There we go. Oh, there, there it is. It is. Yeah. I think if y'all click it, you might be able to be on camera and I can let you in. Yeah. Surely that's not true, Carmen. <laughs> that, that's As what, a producer, you can bring guests on the podcast. What? That's what the software we're paying for should I don't be able believe to it. do. Oh, I, mean, I don't believe goodness. it. Goodness. This is what y'all do it. to me as soon as I get back from Fiji. <laughs> yeah, so there should be something that pops up in the bottom left with the... Uh, no, this is what you brought back from Fiji. <laughs> You brought the ability to bring on guests from remote locations. So to fill the void, I you know, I just want to say that watching Inner Miami sadly has become a little <laughs> bit of a passion project for me too. <laughs> I mean, watching Messi is kind of must must see TV these sure. days. I mean, did you watch? Did you watch his last game? Yeah, yeah. He might be good. <laughs> that, that guy. What? No. I mean, there's two assists. Mm-hmm. I just. I mean, how about that one to Jordi, Jordi Alba where he just slows it down the midfield and then just slices it right down the left side? Just It was like, uh, mm. it, was, it was a thing of beauty. And then, you know, the, the, the thing that, you know, LAFC didn't do, uh, which was, uh, you know, the, the, I forget the guy's name, Boyunga or something yep. like that, didn't, yep. didn't play it out to Carlos Vela. Yeah. And Messi showed him how to do it on the flip side. <laughs> here's you know, how you do it. Son. Here's how you do it. You um, go down, you slow it down, and you just lay it off real easy when somebody... No, coach, you go like this, this, yeah. this. Go. <laughs> so here's the thing. So we had a bet, Mikey Dobbs. I'm going okay. to remind you of. So we had a bet. Who was going to get farther, Miami or Atlanta? And I said Atlanta because I didn't think Miami's going to make the playoffs. And I'm sticking to it. I still don't think Miami's making the playoffs. It is so okay. far to go. I love your bait. I love your bait. <laughs> it's so far off is what you're saying. Okay, God, I love this is such a good bet, Dave, that you're uh, suckering me. Da- this is Dave suckering me in to... <laughs> Uh, to a bet. All right. So, do we have Elliot that's about to? to okay. Let's show see up. what we can do, people. Let's see. Just is Elliot gonna be on? Yeah, it could no. be. His camera's off, though. His camera's okay. off. Can you can you click his camera on, or does he have to do that? I th- I'm, I'm not good. Oh, uh, no. it's Elliot. No camera. Hello, Elliot. Welcome to the podcast. 
Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just talking a little bit about how, how amazing Lionel Messi has been since uh, he, he entered the league with uh, League's Cup, obviously, but just in his last game, again, two beautiful assists. I don't know. Have you been watching uh, a lot of the, the Miami games? Uh, I have. Yeah, I've just been watching Atlanta trying their best playing th- uh, against the other teams. Yeah. So um, Miami, right? So here's the thing about Miami, and here's the bet Mikey Dobbs, right? Because so Miami is, is – is clearly one of the top two teams in all of MLS. There's no doubt about it with Messi. Yeah. Um, but they're so far behind, right? Because they were in last place. And you got to keep in mind, so Messi came off of Europe. He had a little bit of break. Then, uh, 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 hold on, hold on. <laughs> Let me set it up because we can ask Elliot his opinion too. Um, so right now he's on international duty in, in Argentina, Right, he comes back. He's got to go to Atlanta. For those of you going to the see the Messi show on September sixteenth, people are saying he might not play because of the turf. I think that's BS. I think he that's not a problem. It's possible that Tata doesn't start him because he's been on international duty. Uh, that's also possible. That's true. Um, but in any case, um, you expect him to play there. They still have the U.S. Open Cup final, which is at the end of September, to squeeze in there as a high-profile event. He's got to start that match, sure, because they have to win that's, the trophy. That's even more important, right? Than and so, to me. I don't think he's going to play all of the matches. Certainly, he's not going to start them all. And on top of that, do you think you know he's going to tire a little bit? No. Okay. I, I also <laughs> I I also think that he is going to play in almost every single game. Mm-hmm. Like I know there's this rumor they're going to arrest him. Like I think yeah, there's going to be games where we only see like maybe 25 minutes of them. Yeah. But like maybe Atlanta. Like maybe Atlanta. Yeah. I think I think there's a good. But chance. here's the thing. So Atlanta is a good team at home. And we're way above them in the playoff picture, right? So here's the other question. Do you think uh, Miami coming off the break, let's say he Tata chooses to to keep him on the bench and bring him in, let's say, 70th minute, do you think Atlanta wins can beat a Miami without Messi? Uh, I don't. Not at home. Not with the – I mean, I think we're going to be up for that game. I think we got embarrassed last last game we played them in the League's Cup. So you're saying Atlanta's going to win or, or Miami's going to win? I don't think – I don't know that we will win. I don't oh. think we'll lose. Okay. Um, and that's the thing. If they get ties, that's not good enough for right. them, right? Exactly. They've got to win. Which is why I think we'll see Messi in Atlanta. The game is too big. I mean, I, I, they're trying to make a run at everything, and – Messi is trying to do the unthinkable. Uh, I think that the again the the hype around Messi is so big that it's clear from the the narrative too. Like Messi decides whether Messi plays or not. Messi always wants to play. Mm. Tata even said that Dave. He's like, <laughs> I don't decide whether Messi plays. Yeah, but Tata I mean, he, he did can say to him, "Look, this tongue, is what I think." We tongue should be in doing. cheek, yeah, yeah, a little of that for the media. But at the end of the day, yeah, if, if Messi's like, "Look, there's no way I'm going to go into Atlanta United." against kind of an Argentinian-rich team that you came from and not sh- try to show up the best mm. fans in MLS. Like he and knows. take on my boy Almada. And take show on my boy Almada. Who's still the, there's just, the, the king there's, of Argentina. There's too much narrative in Atlanta United mm. on September 16th not to see him for at least 30 minutes. That is my take. I think he's going to play for 30 minutes, assuming yeah. he doesn't get hurt on international yeah. duty. But yeah, I, I think that there's a good chance that we'll see him... Starting on the bench, yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's possible. And then the question is, if that's the case, can Atlanta get it done? So if you look at Miami, right, they to get into ninth place. So the forgiving thing about Miami this year is that nine teams are making the playoffs. Yeah. Right. So to get into the one game playoff, which is all they need is a chance. Right. <laughs> um, they have to get to ninth place. Traditionally, it's taken about 42 points to get to ninth place. That requires them to win five games. I think get some 15 and they need like two more after that. So that would be seven. They got to win at least five and two ties. Um, out of, I think they have nine remaining or yeah. eight remaining. They can lose one, Do two. One. If it's 42 right now, the East has been really up. Yeah. So it could take 43 or 44 to get there. They're eight points off right now from being in the playoffs. And Yeah, but you can't say just eight two, points off because the, there's all the teams in between. Two or three games in hand on many, yes. many of the teams yes. that... That's, uh, so that's why I say the better way to look at it now is what is historically it's taken to get um, into the ninth position. And I said it's typically taken about 42 points. So if you look at them right now, right, they have what? 27 points. Yeah. Right. So they need, as I said, 15. Right. So and how many games have they played? Oh, Can wait, you go back we down? Got, we get points. They have yeah. 25 points. 27. Oh, 25 points. Yep. Okay. Goals. Oh, I see. So 25. So to get to 42, they need, they need 17 and they have played 25. So they have nine left. So yeah, they need 17, which would be five wins and two ties. At least I think it could take more than that. I think it could be eight, uh, 43, maybe to get to ninth this year or even 44. Right. Can I ask you a question there, Dave? Yeah. How many games have uh, Miami lost since, uh, since Messi came on, none. But they've tied now, okay. and if they keep getting ties, it once you get more than like three or four ties, they're done. Yeah, but they the, got to get wins. The the tie, the first tie they had, Messi came on in like the 89th minute. Let's mm-hmm. be clear on that. So, <laughs> pretty much every game Messi has started, they win. Um. Except there may have been one tie. That yeah, was I thought they, he just started one game the other day. Yeah. Not this last game, the previous game where they got a tie. Yeah. Trust me, it wasn't his fault. I went back to watch the replay. <laughs> I know it's not his fault. But, Nothing is his but fault. But A, I expect him to slightly tail off a little bit. It's a lot. Well, let's get Elliot's opinion. Do you think, uh, Elliot, that uh, Inner Miami is going to make the playoffs, yes or no? If they have Messi, they will. <laughs> yeah. It's a safe bet. If they have Messi, they will. I, I'm kind of with them here. Okay. I feel like some stuff's also, you know, I, I always, always like to bet the stars. against the odds, <laughs> right? It is kind of in the stars. Wait, okay. wait. What was the bet that y'all were bet? What was... We haven't made it yet. Oh, you haven't made it yet. Okay. Yeah. Just wanted to make sure but, we don't I mean, forget Dave, it. No, we did make the bet. Dave is obviously leading up to, is Inter-Miami going to make the playoffs or not? And if they don't, what is Mikey Dobbs buying Dave? Uh, <laughs> well, we didn't say what it was for. Yeah, but the bet was that Miami or Atlanta goes further in the playoffs. And I said it was clearly Atlanta because, um, you know, um, Messi and, and Inter isn't even going to make the playoffs. I still don't okay. think they're going to make the playoffs. Okay. So, so I think I'm fine with that as the bet. Because if they make the playoffs, they're clearly getting further than Atlanta, don't you think? Yeah. 
Right. You would think so. Okay. Now, okay. granted, if they make the playoffs, it's going to be like ninth place. That is a long road because they're going to be on the road, on the road, on the road, road. I still think that even if they make the playoffs, they're not winning MLS Cup because mm. in a one-off game on the road, they're going to have a moment. Like if you look at the Nashville game in the in the final of the League's Cup, which they won right on on penalties, mm-hmm. right? They were up early, but then Nashville got some momentum, whatever. I think against the top teams of Cincinnati and Nashville, maybe a Philadelphia, that they're only good enough on the road to get like a tie. And one of these days they're going to lose a PK shootout. I just, I just think they're not going to win the playoffs even if they get in. Okay. Um, but I do okay. think that if they get in, they're going further than Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> Look, are the statistics with you? Yeah. No. Are the stars with you? <laughs> no. The other thing I keep pointing out is they got another trophy to play for. They got the U.S. Cup, which takes a lot out of you. It's a one-off final, right? And they're going to win that, and they're going to get a second trophy. And it's also going to make them com- a little bit, you know, fat and happy because they got to celebrate that. They got two trophies. I mean, if you're a Miami fan, Messi comes, you haven't even been, like, over 500, and now you've got two trophies. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Shocking, right? I mean... You know, and League's Cup is a legit, legit trophy, right? Even if you say U.S. Open Cup, whatever, which I still think U.S. Open is yeah. a legit trophy. But, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Messi's making it more legitimate than it ever has. Yeah. It's a 108-year-old tournament at this point. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. U.S. Open Cup, they've been playing for forever. I did not know yeah. that. Okay. 108 years, I think. Yeah. So, you know, and I think, yeah, you have to give a, a nod. And evidently, like, Garber and a lot of the... The people don't give it the, the respect maybe it deserves. It's a different entity, so it's outside, so there's a tension, right? Because mm-hmm. MLS doesn't necessarily have to make way for them at all, right? right. So there's a tension to it. Got it. Um, and certainly with the new Apple contract, Apple's like, we don't care because, you know, <laughs> we don't have this right. So um, that's part of it. So the one thing I wanted to talk about is we did this a little bit the last podcast, but I want to bring Carmen in on it is, how do we feel about our predictions? So Mikey Dobbs, I will remind him, said he had predicted like six or seven, and he said that we were going to do better than that, yeah. like maybe five, I think you said. I said, like five. said four or five. I said yeah. four or five, but now I, I'm kind of saying five. <laughs> You're on a high last yeah. podcast. I and I originally that. said that we barely squeak in the playoffs at nine or eight, and I said I may be willing to concede we're going to get seven, but I don't think it's going to be much above that. So, Dave, you think we're going to slip a spot? I think we're going to improve a spot is kind of where we are right now. I mean, the road is just so hard. We we still have to play Miami at home. We have to play Cincinnati on the road. We have to play Philadelphia Union, I believe, is on the road. Is that on the road? What do we got? Um, The only game that we have that's weak left is D.C. United. And Montreal is a eh game. But Columbus is the best team in the MLS right now. We have to play them on the road, right? We have to play Miami. No, we play Columbus at home. Sorry. We play Miami and Columbus at home. We play Philadelphia on the road. We play Cincinnati on the road. I don't see us going and winning either of those games. I'm not convinced that we're going to beat Columbus at home. Okay. Yeah, so we've got D.C. United. We should beat on the road, yeah. You would think. Yeah, Montreal, we should beat at home. At home. Philadelphia, yeah, it's tough. Uh, Columbus, even at home, I think worst case scenario, a tie. And then, 
I don't know. Is there some revenge on the road against Cincinnati, Dave? There's always... Normally, I would say absolutely yes. With our team, you would say we're pissed off. We should be going to Cincinnati to win. Yeah. I just don't think Pineda can do that. He never gets wins those big matches. Never. Mm. Okay. Is it possible Cincinnati will like have locked something in and not play all their people? That is possible because they will have already clinched the supporters' shield and the number one seat. That's actually an Maybe. interesting observation. Oh, Maybe. Okay, Carmen with that dig. dig uh, <laughs> that's an interesting Duke, one. Duke brain working there because that's the last game of the year, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Maybe we get some. Let's see. Elliot, where do you think we're going to finish? Uh, I'm thinking five or six. Okay. Okay. That's, that's, that's So you have us staying the same or moving up one. Yeah, Elliot and I are in the same same vein there. And Carmen. Mm. I think I said eight or nine. Was yeah, you I were won. right with I me. was right there. Oh, I want to. I might be with Dave still. Like, I, I can't go above seven still. Just because we have a lot of hard games. I said the last games. game, based on all the talent we have now, we would be awful if we did had to play in that playoff game, the eight-nine mm-hmm. game. You would think we get into the regular draw, you know, proper, but that's probably it at the eight. Yeah. Well, one thing I, you know, I'm happy at about this point, regardless, is I feel like the soccer is a little more enjoyable to watch. What's your take on that? Yes, even though I haven't been watching, like I've been watching the clips and trying yeah. to catch up a little bit, so I haven't yeah. watched full yeah. games. But it seems better, yeah. especially on the I'm, offensive. Offensively, side. we're better. Yeah. yeah, and I'm just not as frustrated in general. Even you know, the, the the Lennon goal is maddening because we've talked about it so much with the pinching in, um, but the the games have been entertaining. Uh, there's been moments where we look really sharp. The skill of some of these players is exciting, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, Dave, do you think that part of this is just kind of dragging out Pineda's tenure here? What What do you think? Oh, I didn't think about that. <laughs> I think the answer is, unfortunately, yes. I think, I think there's very little chance that we don't make the playoffs. Even if we slump, I don't think we're going below nine. If you look at the... The gap below nine is too far. With our talent, if we go below nine, then it's atrocious. Um, you know, we almost cannot win a game and probably finish above nine. How many points do we have? We said yeah, we yeah. said that ninth place is typically forty-two or forty-three. Where are we at? We we're at forty-two, right? So we're, we're we cannot win anything, and we probably get the nine, right? Yeah. Um, it's going to be probably forty-two or forty-three is going to finish the ninth place. So, um, yeah, we're making the playoffs. And to me, if I'm Atlanta United, squeezing in the playoffs with the highest paid roster in the league again, or the second highest, it's nobody really knows, but um, one of the highest for sure in this fan base or whatever, to me, is not good enough. If you've given Pineda two full years and a partial half year, he... Blew it in the playoffs the first year. We just limped into the playoffs after Valentin did such a good job, right? He did an amazing job, got us in the playoff spot. We uh, basically limped in down the stretch under Pineda once he took over, and then we went out in the first round to New York City FC. Yeah. I mean, we didn't even put up a fight. Yeah. And then last year, we don't make the playoffs. And if this year in year three, you make the playoffs at, you know, seven or eight, is that good yeah. enough? With arguably the potential uh, candidate for the golden boot and MVP yes. of the league. 
yes. on your team. Oh, wow. Just with those two players, you should be top four yeah. at least. Oh, and and a starting center back for the U.S. Men's National right. Team. Right. Like those are those are rarities to have in the right. MLS. Yeah, that's a good point. Right. Those are three gems that you have on your team, and let's and and let's not forget the. The, the other solid players that we have around. Uh, have some terrific players. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you don't see too many people. But I think the answer is going to be he makes the playoffs, they're going to bring him back. And I, yeah. yeah. I have said, and I will continue to say it, the boss move is, let's say Pineda gets into, I mean, obviously Pineda goes on a run. He gets to the semifinals or finals. Then, you know, you probably, I guess, have to bring him back. Um, you know, I still would have some hesitancy if he gets there from a seventh or eighth spot. Yeah. Cause he'd be like, that's sort of a fluke run, but you'd have to probably do it. But <laughs> I think the boss moves, let's say he gets in the playoffs at seven. We go out in the first round, which is, I think likely right. The boss move Ooh, I like is boss to moves. say we're Atlanta. We're a big club. We're going to establish in, in the MLS. There hasn't really been this thing about big clubs and small clubs like there is with Manchester United and Manchester City versus, Bournemouth. you know, Bournemouth. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> small club, big club. Right. Or even more like Real Madrid and Barcelona versus the entire rest of the league. Right. Uh, <laughs> so if we're a big club, we should establish that we're a big club. And we throw a ton of money at Pat Noonan, the Cincinnati coach. Right, because Cincinnati, three consecutive years, they finished last place in the whole MLS. Okay, they didn't really upgrade that much, hardly at all. Yeah, right. They brought in a young guy in Vasquez, and he's made him awesome. <laughs> and um, he's made Acosta, who was there the whole time. Yeah. Right, those are the big players. Right, um, he comes in, and in their first year, they finish fifth, they make the playoffs and finish fifth. Now they're running away with the supporters' shield. How is that? Yeah. That's coaching is what I got to say. And if you watch the game against us, they totally outcoached us. They never panicked after we scored early. They dominated the game after that. And they beat us here in the bends. So, so in my opinion, let's go be a boss and be like, you're still a small club, Cincinnati, and we're going to take your coach. So, so since we have Elliot on the line, I thought I, you know, I know he's, he's listened to us be critical of Pineda. Of course, you know, I agree. If he gets us to the semifinals here, different story, but I don't know, Elliot, if we don't compete for making a run in MLS cup here, what, what are your opinions on Pineda continuing to 2024? Um, if he, uh, uh, but hoping it'd be like a Arteta situation where he wins a cup one for one year for one year and, and builds that off for the couple of years. But if he doesn't, I think fire him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah, I think most of the supporters would probably if we limp out of the playoffs, most supporters would probably have enough. Carmen, are yes. you gonna weigh in on this? Where are you on this? About the coach? Yeah, Ooh, what, what oh. happens in that scenario? Let's say we limp out of the playoffs. Stay I, or go? I think he will stay, even though I would really want him to go. Really. But I love the boss move. Like, we're going to take your girl. I love it. <laughs> I love it. We're coming for you. I do yeah. like that move. All right. Um, but, um, Katz, I just, there's a Facebook user who you may know because he keeps referring to you personally. Okay. But he goes, please, for the love of God, don't bring Pineda back. 
And also, Dave, how about Arsenal? Manchester United is awful. Ten Hag whining like a baby after him. <laughs> that sounds like a Jason Russell uh, pot- potential listener there. If yeah. He's talking to Arsenal. Um, <laughs> yeah, so you're a Man United fan too, Carmen. You can wait. Did you watch the Arsenal match? Yes. <laughs> what <were you> <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would have whined like a baby too. I and by the way, is it time to have our European correspondent, Simon yes. Katz, in on... On yeah, the podcast, I, I think, think so. He's I mean, got a can, lot to say. We can also have him jump in remote too. Yeah, that's true. So. <laughs> Simon, are you out there? No. Um, no, I whine because I'm a Manchester United fan. Okay, Mikey Dobbs. I know you say technology. There is a line. Yes. <laughs> there is an offside line that if it shows you're offside, you're offside. You're off. You're off. But I swear he wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I I think that they had the line wrong. Okay, so you can't have the line wrong. Is Wait, it, is the computer made a mistake? I, you I, told I, us the computer I don't, can't make I don't a think they had that technology correct after watching that. Like, okay. That guy's head was keeping him on side, correct? Is this the it, same it, one? It's the one. Well, I, you yeah, he jumps he, back he, to like, try to keep him off. Like this, but his yeah. Head, his body I, this, I'm with you. I, I honestly, again, this is where I think the fine line of where they, they pause it on when it's leaving the foot and how they want to define where, the, where that line is. Dave. <laughs> Your your face is making me angry right now. <laughs> well, the Facebook well, user so, says you're drunk, Mikey. Dodds. I was going to yeah. say, so first of all, Mikey Dodds told me that the computer can't be wrong, so the computer can't be wrong. And I, to be honest with you, I've watched the clip, you know, many times and seen the angle, whatever, and I think he's offside. I think the computer got it right. You do? Uh, yeah. There's a chip in the ball, so there's not a, an issue about when the ball is kicked. There is a chip in the ball yes, in the Yes, there's a chip in the I ball in the that, actually. Okay, look at that. So right. that to me is, is, is bananas. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't think the computer's wrong. I okay. think it's sad because is that the spirit of the game? But I think, you know, Mikey Dobbs convinced me a while ago that a call is a call. And I that's ha- the call. I have no problem with that. I just want to know how the, te- like the Qatar one that has the different angles. Yeah. I want the confidence that all of the angles and where they're drawing that line is geometrically correct <laughs> based on where it's being paused, Dave. I think it is. If it is, then great. It just looked prettier from the World Cup. It like looked more so, 3D-ish or something. I don't. <laughs> so, okay. Then I will rewind my, yep. my little rant there. Because, okay. of course, I, I believe in the technology getting it correct. Yeah. If a bunch of smart people who say this technology is spot on, then stop showing the lines. <laughs> Call it off and move on. Like, he was offside. Let's move on. Stop stop even giving the benefit of the doubt to the to the viewers to have oh to have this angst, right? Do do they show over and over again now in tennis whether it was a fault or not? Yes, they have a little slow motion they, and I the don't ball bounces or whatever. I, feel like I think you love that. To me the lines and, and one of the things they said is actually so in the Premier League they have a um uh, what do they call it? They, it's basically a, an error, you yeah. know, a margin of error, right? So they actually put a line where the where the the defender is the, the furthest most like major part of the body, and um, they do the same thing for the attacker. And they say that the lines are very thin. If the lines touch, okay, that's considered to be within the margin of error. Error, and you can actually overrule that. But 
if the lines are separate, they're not. So they actually have a rule for this that they can actually, the referee, even if the line is technically further for the defender, if they're touching, then yeah. they can call them onside and they can give the advantage to the attacker. Yeah. In this case, there was a little sliver of a grass in between the two lines. And so the referee didn't have a discretion. So yeah. the computer was saying not only was he offside, but it, I mean, it's very close, but it wasn't as close as the computer <laughs> yeah. can get. Wait, 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 wait. I need you to back that up for a second. So you're saying with the lines. Yeah. If these lines kind of touch. Yep. The ref or whoever, the well, there's no VAR. Kind, there's no kind of touch. Okay, either so touch if they, they touch, if they touch, he they can have be on. discretion, so they can go either way. I think if they touch, the referee can say like so. So when it's touching, then they can actually look at. Um, I think the overall of it, right, which is, you know, was he really sort of ahead? Was it a finger that was over? Uh -huh. Whatever it was, okay. if they're touching. If it's not touching, they have no discretion and that that's ruled outside of the margin of error. Uh -huh. And because I think they do say the computer has a very small margin of error. That's why they're giving it when the lines yeah. touch. Got but it. this okay. case, the lines didn't touch and the computer said it, no way it missed so, that call. Sounds like you're pretty read up on this. <laughs> it does. No, no, I don't know anything about it. Does. It very much so. It does. Right? South, I mean, South. he knows the chips in the ball in the yeah. Premier League. He so, knows about lines. In the MLS, there's not even a freaking computer. <laughs> no, and and the reason God the bless. reason I was questioning that call is because the angle that they showed it, it on did. was a poor angle for drawing the line. Yes, and so if you're telling me they have cameras, I know Qatar can afford a hundred cameras in the same. So they had every angle. I don't know that the EPL has every angle, and that's my skepticism on that particular call, mm. which I still will stand by, mm. that is the technology set up to be correct. I still have some skepticism because <laughs> that one angle was really poor. I'm like, that's a really piss poor angle to draw a line from. Right? The computer knows it was that it's a, a bad angle and corrects for it, though, Mikey Dobbs. <laughs> Not if the camera isn't in the right position. You can't draw oh, the right the line. the computer knows. The computer knows. All right. You I are think, the one who convinced I me think, that. I know. I think we've... We've flipped. If, if you've invested in, in the cameras being nah. there from enough angles, yes. I agree. And I think to me, bringing it full circle to MLS, it is absolutely shambolic. Hit the freaking button that we don't even have a computer doing this. There's not even a computer in MLS. How in America, <laughs> right? I mean, technology home of the free. How in America can we somebody on fire because how do we not have a computer? We've talked about this a million times. And Don Garber should be embarrassed. Yeah, he should be embarrassed. Don Garber should be embarrassed. In the Premier League, we're talking about whether the computer got the line. Don Garber right. keeps saying he wants this league to be the most progressive yes. league in the world. Not. Not if you're like already seven years behind in terms of using, you know, the, the latest technology. We don't have goal line technology. We don't, I mean. It's, it's. You don't have goal line technology either? No, I don't think so. Oh, I'm, I'm not sure yeah. about that. I think so we I do. Could, I think do we do have goal line. Yeah. I'm not sure. I, I have no idea. But uh, we do not have, I mean, this is what's nuts in the MLS. We have offsides calls. The ref goes to the VR monitor, right? That never happens in the Premier League because the computer makes the call, right? They never go to the VAR monitor unless there's some issue about who it came off of or whatever. Or but in terms of who was offside, the computer tells you. Yeah. There's no doubt about it, right? Mm -hmm. In the MLS, they go to the line, and sometimes it matters how they cut the grass and whether the guy can see it. You're like... <laughs> 
It's way worse than the situation we're talking about right now in the Man U <laughs> Arsenal game. This is America. Yeah. <laughs> it's America. 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 Right. Hell yeah. <laughs> I think we've talked about it all, and then yes, we we've have. crossed the offside <laughs> line. <laughs> we are offside. Elliot, thank you for joining. Yeah, thank it's you, Elliot, Elliot for Friday. being our first live guest. We appreciate you. <laughs> Come back and yeah, join Yeah, thanks us. for listening. Thanks for listening to everybody else. And Take care, y'all. Have yeah. a great week. <laughs>